Today's Vad was dedicated to Elohim Nishmat Mordechai Ben Phoebe in the Zichut and the Limud Torah and the Zichut and the Tzedakah that Neshama should have an Aliyah. So we're holding here in Madregas HaOdom from the altar from the Vardik and we're in the section, as you all know, Birud Hamidot. Okay? And we're in Perechet. In the last Vad, <clears throat> he spoke about Korach's downfall. Because Korach saw the glory in being the leader of Klal Yisrael, which clouded his vision. And because of that, he brought all sorts of proof that he's worthy of leadership, including using a Ruach HaKodesh that he had, that Shmuel Hanovi is going to come out from him. So once his vision was clouded based on his nigiut, <clears throat> his desire for leadership, then all his Torah and all his prophecy became a poison for him. Okay, that was his big idea that was going on in Dovid Hamel, in the Korach, right? So we're really up to here. It goes says a lot of things, but let's see. Let's go into this where it shows the contrast between Korach and Aharon Hakohen. Okay? <clears throat> Hi Josh, good morning. So it says like this. Behefech Mizeh Motsinu Eitzel Aharon. Aharon HaKohen. Sheamru Rabotenu Zechronam Levracha. Ilu Yodo Aaron Shakodosh Borhu Koisev Olov. Hinehu Yoitzel Likratecha. Veda Acha Vesamach Belibo. Haya Yotze Likrato Betupim Umemachoyos. Okay, so I'm sure you're all familiar with the story of Aaron Kohen and his brother Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was Aaron Kohen's younger brother. Aaron Kohen was the leader of Klal Yisrael during the Shibud Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was not there. Moshe Rabbeinu had to bail. He had to run away. So for years on end... Aaron Akoyen was the leader of the Jewish people in a time of suffering. It's not easy to be a leader when people are suffering. He had to give a lot of chizuk, a lot of advice. He had to carry people when they're in pain. Through a very difficult time and not allow the people to reach a state of yush, to give up hope. The Jewish people weren't allowed to give up hope. They had to stay strong. Right now it comes the glory time. You know what glory time is? Time to go out of Egypt. Time to become a nation. Time for Hashem to reveal Himself to the Jewish people in a glorious way. In Maimon Harsinai, all of a sudden his little brother, his younger brother, is going to be the leader, and Aharon Akohen is going to be what we call the second fiddle. Right, so that would be a cause of jealousy or hakpada to be upset, right? 
a normal person. That's what would be. But yet the Torah says about Aharon HaKohen that he saw his brother and he found out that his brother was chosen as the leader. Not only was he not upset, not only was he not jealous, he was happy for him. Wow, unbelievable madrega. But then Chazal say, Ilu Yodo Aharon. If Aharon Kohen would have known Shakadosh Baruchu Kotev Alav that the Torah would write about this story, then what would he do? He would have came out to greet his brother with a band playing music. The Betupim of Achilas. That's the Chazal. If he would have known, not only would he came out happy, he would have came out with an entourage. He would have came out with a band, playing music, excitement. That's the Chazal. So there's many discussions about this Chazal, but we're going to learn the altar from Nevardik's understanding. Deep. You ready, Moish? Okay. So he asks like this. O maimer enoy move on. It's not understandable. Superficially, when you read this Chazal, it sounds like Aharon HaKohen didn't do it the best that he could have. Right? He came out himself, and he was happy to greet his brother. But if he would have known that the Torah wrote about it, then he would have did it even better. Sounds like he was lacking. She'ilu yodo and, and just the fact that if he knew the Torah would have made it famous, he would have did it better. Like as if Aharon needs that fame. Like, you know, what's going on here? Okay? That's his question. Pause with the understanding of Chazal. So, here's going to be a lot of Balimus to talk about. This is a very famous Chazal. But let's see the altar from the Vardik's Cook, you know what a cook is? His view. What his view on this Chazal is. The Torah is not coming to put down Aharon, it's coming to build him up. How much Aharon HaKohen perfected his Midas he so perfected his midas that it became so part of his personality that he didn't even have to think twice. He didn't even realize that it was a nisayon. He didn't even realize that there's a place for jealousy. I'm going to explain it, but let's just read his words for He changed his nature in such a way. He just naturally felt good for him. If he would have known that the Torah praises him for this, 
praising him, obviously it's a test. So if he would have realized that this is a place of test, he wouldn't have depended on himself, on his nature. He wouldn't depend on his good midot. He would have a chashash that maybe the Yitzhahara will get the best of him. And he won't be perfectly happy. Maybe his brother will feel it. He would have went to the extreme opposite. Let's understand. Okay? Let's understand the Amkis in this unbelievable altar, very deep point that he's saying. Okay? So he's saying like this. The way he learns is, this is the way the altar learns of the Chazal. Aaron Akoyan, his brother, becomes the leader of Klal Yisrael. Okay? His younger brother. Not only his younger brother, it's a much deeper than that. Because Aaron Akoyan was the leader in the time of the Jewish people's suffering. He was the leader. So he's losing his leadership to someone else. That in itself is a difficult challenge. Let alone that it's his younger brother. And to add fuel to the fire... His younger brother was missing in action during the hardships. So he was carrying the people during the hardships. It's only befitting that he should be the leader when they go out. Right? So, so many different calculations why Aaron Akkad should have a kapeda. Okay? And yet the Torah says he saw his brother was given the position of leadership. The Samach Beliba. Samach Beliba means. There wasn't a place in his heart, even one dot of his heart that was lacking simcha. It was complete simcha. No kapeda b'chlal. Massive. That's like, that's like a little chayich, right? So the Torah is writing that to teach us something, right? Everything the Torah writes is to teach us something. It's not a storybook. It's not telling us uh, stories about the greatness of Aaron HaKohen. It's teaching us what a human being can achieve and should achieve. That's why the Torah writes stories down. That's why the Chazal says about this, the same Chazal he's quoting, which we're going to see how the altar's learning it up, says that it's not only Aaron HaKoyim. Every single one of us have stories in our lives that will be uh, written down and become part of Torah. Every single person. Right? Every single person. Now, it doesn't mean every single thing you do is going to be written in the Torah. It doesn't mean every test that you uh, overcome, every challenge you overcome is going to be written in the Torah. No. But there are certain challenges in your life that reveal a certain level of achievement that becomes a source of inspiration for others, that they can also reach it. Because since every single person has his own midot and his own circumstances in life, which is not the same as someone else, so there's something I can learn about your behavior with your specific challenge that would shed light on the midot of the Torah, right? So let's say, for example, we could read 
the Sefer of Chofetz Chaim, Avas Chesed. The person has to love Chesed. But until we see somebody go through a challenge and actually live Avas Chesed in a real way, we don't truly and completely grasp the subject of what is required of us in Chesed. So if you read a storybook of a Gadol, and you see the madrega that he reaches in Chesed, and then you say, aha, a human being can do that. So that becomes Torah. You understand why it's Torah? It's not a storybook. It's Torah. It becomes Torah. Aaron coin written in the Torah means his personal avoider became Torah. Torah means teaches. Got it? So the Chazal say, Ilu the Aaron. If Aaron HaKoyen knew that his personal situation would become Torah, simple pshat and chazal. If he knew that his personal nesoyen would become Torah, he would have did it better. He would have came out with two pim of mechoylas. He would have did it better. He would have came out with a band. But the Altar of is not happy with that. Because he feels that Aaron HaKoyen did the best. We're not putting down Aaron HaKoyen and saying, oh, if you would have known that your personal Nisayan would have been tireless, now you're going to do a better. Okay? There are those that learn that way and they explain it. I'm not going into that. There's a lot of Torah on this Chazal. A lot. But the Alta doesn't learn like that. The Alta learns Fakir. Very deep what he's saying. He's saying, by Aaron HaKoyen, it wasn't a Nisayan. It was Teva. What does that mean? Aaron HaKoyen actually worked on his midot to a madrega, what we call tikkun hayetze, which is a big subject, which I want I have intention when I finish madrega, so Odom, Bir Hamidus is to teach the Olam, the Rabbi Shal Salanta, on tikkun hamidus. So he talks about this over there. I have to see if I'm going to do it, but that's my thought. And he says over there, there's a madrega called tikkun hayetze, where you come to a point where you're naturally good. Okay? So Aaron HaKoyim worked on his Midas until he became naturally good. His Teva. He was not Samach Belibah. He was Samach believer because he didn't feel that there's even a reason to be jealous. It wasn't a test there. It was not. So why is the Torah recorded? So again, it's a teaching thing. But it's teaching us that a human being could come to Tikkun HaYetzah. But not that he had an Nisoyen. Right? Simple pshat is he had a test. He overcame his challenge. I overcame his challenge. Okay, now it became Torah that a human being can overcome his challenge. He's learning not like that. No test whatsoever. Zero test whatsoever. He was naturally acting that way. That's why he didn't know that the Torah would write anything about it. Because he didn't think it was special. He didn't think it was unique. He thought it was regular. He came to that level where he doesn't even hop. Like it says, I saw written in a sefer. I forgot what Sefer, but I saw once written in the Sefer that the Khatam Sofer said about the Madrega of Rabbi Kiva in humility. He said, me, he said about himself, is by me, when I be a, when I act as an Anav, it's like a Chalois. I'm acting as an Anav, meaning I, I, I'm really drawn maybe to not act like an Anav, but I do the work and I become an Anav. But Rabbi Kiva it's so natural, he doesn't even realize that he's acting like an Anav. It became so part of his reality, his anivus became so part of his reality that it's so natural by him. You don't even see 
like a chalois anivus coming on over there. It's just his natural way. Obviously through work, but the work brought him to that level. I saw also brought down, I don't remember where in the Sefer, about the Ramchal. The Ramchal was a very controversial individual at his time. It's a whole story, but history was after the times of Mashiach Sheker, people were very nervous and all these kind of things. So a big gadol sent somebody to check out the Ramchal, see if he's legit. So the person said, he's a huge Tamih Chacham, but I don't have, he doesn't have a reich of Hasidus on him. Meaning, he was so natural that it wasn't like a whole Chalois Hasidus. You understand? So he didn't pick it up. It was just a natural. That's the level that a person has to reach to a level where it becomes natural. So Aaron HaKoyim reached a level of natural and he didn't realize that it was something that was in a sign. But now that the Torah wrote about it, that means he sees that really there is a big Mokum Chalois Yetzir. Otherwise the Torah wouldn't have wrote it. So he wouldn't have depended on his Midas. He would be afraid that maybe the Yetzirah will get a hold of him and get him to fall. So what would he do? He would come out with a band. And what does that do? See, this is a little bit, again, I'm going to have to give a schmooze on this, because when it comes to t- fixing your midot, there's different approaches. The Nevardic derech and other derech, so we have to know how to learn this stuff. But this is a little bit on the Nevardic derech, where you go me kotzel kotzel which we call, let's say, Lamashal and Nevarik, they'll call it Tachas Hakpoda Hatova. If you should have Hakpoda on somebody, instead of just not working on yourself not to have Hakpoda, you go the opposite extreme. You make Hatova. Your father was very into this. I don't know if you remember. He used to talk about this a lot. Tachas Hakpoda Hatova. Right? You go the opposite extreme. So he's saying over here, the altar saying over here, Lachain Hoyohoilich as Bidirak Shala Kotze. Aaron Akarin would have went the opposite extreme. He would have came out with a band, Kedeliois Botuach Bisim Kosa. Because Aaron was a big year of Shemai. And he understood that this Yetzara. If he would have realized, it was so natural by him, but if he would have realized, and the Torah makes a Taram about it, so obviously there is a, for normal people, this is a makam chalai seitza. He would have went out with tupa b'machalos. But it's not coming to put down Aaron Akoin. It's coming to teach us about how you have to work with your yaitza. That's what he says. And then he continues. Okay, let's see a little bit more before we have to pray. The reason why Aaron Akoyim came to this level of Tikkun Amidus is because first he approached life b'derech ha'emet. Then it became natural. Then it fit his personality. If he would know that the Torah would praise him, 
he would realize that there is a place back. Podavai says, I see by Esen Shalai Yitzmach al Tikun Midoisim. Lefkosheu Belev Samech Levad. He wouldn't be Samech on his own Midis, his own instincts. Omdam Hoyachosha Shema Liboy Lo Yitzmach Kol Kach as Yerushamayim would have came in. Maybe, maybe I'm not one billion percent happy. He understood that you have to go with the approach of Emet before you go with the approach of Hergish. That's the Altas Malach. It's a big aside in how he's learning up over here. And then we'll, we'll continue with this because really in the next parak, and the altar is going to continue a little bit working with this, how to deal with tikkun ayetza. How do you fix your midas and what approaches you take. But already he's a little bit maramas to it over here, that if he realizes a makamak boda, he would do extreme measures of coming in with tupim and to knock that out. Okay, we'll stop there for today.